Welcome to Now Let's Talk, the podcast, where Vanessa Corwin and Kathleen Kahn will be talking to people about the challenges they're experiencing because of the COVID pandemic. Hi, I'm Vanessa Corwin. And I'm Kathleen Kahn. And we're here with Roz Kay and Jimmy Cofield of New York City in Manhattan. Roz and Jimmy are COVID survivors, known as long haulers, and these are people who've not fully recovered from COVID-19 weeks or even months after the uh, initial onset of their symptoms. So Roz and Jimmy, thanks for joining us today. And uh, why don't you just take us through the timeline of your COVID journey? Well, both of us got COVID at the same time, around the same time. Around the second week of March. Yeah. And um, we both had very mild symptoms, no fever. Uh, I had... um, like a, a stuffy nose and head cold. I thought it was allergies because it was in the early spring and everything, everything in the park was blooming. We walk in the park every day in Central Park. And um, I didn't think anything of it. And then I got the chills. It, it morphed into getting chills and I had bad headaches and, you know, the, the stuffiness. But again, I didn't think anything of it. And then when it ended about a week later, 10 days later, I noticed that I I couldn't smell anything. And I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, if this was allergies or hay fever, whatever, I've never lost my sense of smell. So I didn't really do anything about it. I just thought, okay, you know, well, it'll come back. But then I started reading all the um, symptoms, you know, and one of the major symptoms is losing your sense of smell and taste. Then I realized, oops, I probably had COVID. So to this day, I still don't have my sense of smell or taste. So that's my journey. And then Jimmy can tell you his. Yeah, shortly after the, that second week in March, when we believed that both of us contracted it from a, a friend of mine a guy that works in Carnegie Hall. He's a stagehand and he lives in one of the buildings in our complex. And the three of us interacted one day. And this was prior to um, being able to get your hands on masks easily. They were being reserved, you know, PPE for frontline people. So um, it was hard to find uh, an outlet where we could actually purchase the masks, and we finally did. But anyway, I noticed the first thing was my GI tract. Um, I was having all kinds of um, gastric distress. Sometimes it was diarrhea. Other times it was like, you know, uh, constipation. Sometimes in the same morning, it would be mixed. And to this day, Except for two weeks in June, I had a remission. But after those two weeks in June, I still have those symptoms today. Where I, you know, I don't want to be so graphic, but it takes up my entire morning of multiple eliminations to um, normalize. This is horrible that it's still happening to you um, so many months later. But it's interesting that the two of you have such totally different symptoms. Yeah, and you know, we each did. 
our tests, well, my doctor didn't want me going for an antibody test until she was sure that they were accurate. And reliable. And reliable. So May 22nd, I took the antibody test and uh, it showed that I had antibodies for COVID. And um, so then I took another test to see if I had COVID now, you know, but there no sign of COVID now. So I, so that was the way of confirming that I did have it and I have antibodies. Yeah. And my, my thing is very similar. So I waited as well and ended up taking the antibody test first because her doctor called and told us that the antibody test at Quest was a good and reliable one. So we both got tested for antibodies prior to the COVID test, the nasal swab. But since then, I've had three nasal swabs and all negative, but I'm positive for the antibodies. So that's kind of like the timeline and the symptom line. (laughs) So how did you guys feel when you got the definitive uh, word that you did have COVID? I felt myself, I I felt kind of uh, almost justified because I couldn't imagine what could possibly um, be causing my body to go through that such a drastic uh, elimination process. Uh, well, I felt justified and more confident that it wasn't just something in my system. It was something as a direct line tied to the COVID. Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of felt a sense, this might be the wrong word, but relief. Like at least I had an answer yes. to why I didn't have a sense of smell or taste. And it just confirmed what I thought. So, you know, so, so we're dealing with it, you know, best we can, but it's, uh, it's been tough. You know, there's been a lot of aftercare as well. I mean, in my case, I went to, I've been working with an ENT doctor and um, she uh, sent me for an MRI. She wanted to see if anything was blocking, you know, of my olfactory, uh, nerve and um she all i went for an uh nose endoscopy you know so endoscopy so she could see if anything was up there and nothing's up there you know i mean i guess i'm relieved but the one thing that i was telling you about uh, earlier is that it has morphed into something called parosmia okay so it went from anosmia, where you can't smell anything, to parosmia, where everything smells off. Putrid. Things don't smell the way that they should smell. So like coffee is putrid, all meats are putrid, chicken putrid, turkey, uh, fruit, bananas, Mm. oranges, apples, even sugar-free Ricolas, you know, <laughs> it's all putrid. So I, I try to get past the smell because I know I have to eat, you know, but there's just very few things that, that don't give me that sense. You know, it's really not enjoyable. I used to love dining and, you know, eating and all that. And now, and coffee. God, I used to love the smell of coffee. Just getting up in the morning and having that smell. Yep. Nothing. 
So it, that's it's worse than whatever you can smell. Smells terrible. Uh, what can you eat that you can kind of enjoy? Sweets. I can eat my vegan carrot cake, which I love from Bear Burger. I know I'm giving them a plug, <laughs> but um, I love that and can taste that. And I can taste peanut butter, like the fresh made peanut butter you get at Whole Foods, you know, in those machines, although they don't sell them anymore in the machines, but um, I could taste that. And some bread, you know, but for the most part, most things are, are putrid. And I'd like to just add there, and most uh, with Roz, it, if it's extremely sweet, she has um, some taste to it. Extremely spicy, she can taste that as well. And the third category is extremely salty. And, and she never uses salt. I never use but salt. But now she's, you know. I salt everything. Salting everything. everything to have it. <laughs> to have some kind some of taste. flavor. Yeah. You know, the only positive news, and I have to take it, is that when I went to get my flu shot, you know, my primary care doctor, I've been working with her too on this. And uh, she said, the fact that you could smell anything at all, even if it's putrid, mm -hmm. means that your sense of smell could be coming back. Because, you know, COVID attacks the nerves. Ah. So it's the nerves in my, in my olfactory system or whatever yes. that have been damaged by COVID. And so I went from not smelling anything to now things smell putrid, but at least it has a smell. So she believes it will come back. So I'm praying that that's the, the case. And if I could add that Roz, in her sense of investigation, you know, and, and researching things, came across a, uh, an organization in the United Kingdom that's, um, they're putting forth the, this smell training as a way of reawakening the olfactory nerve and then making a more concrete connection with your brain interpretation coming from the old factory nerve there. So the smell training has been slow and plodding, but it has created some little bit of a difference. Roz could tell you a little more. Yeah, you know, it's like physical therapy for the nose. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can, I can compare it to. You know, they, give you, they give you four essential oils that they think are very, um, representative of smells and you put drops of these in special bottles amber colored amber jars. colored jars and you put it on a watercolor paper because that's very absorbent and mm -hmm. then you know you um smell for 30 seconds each scent and then you record uh what what you're smelling if at all like and you rate it from a, like and a you one rate to it. a five yeah yeah so I've been doing that. I was better at it in the beginning. Now I, I, I've slacked off, but I'm going back to it. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can smell these things very strongly. Other times, nothing. Did you order this from um, the Absent.org? Uh, Absent.org told us about it, but then I ordered all these scents in the jars from Amazon. From Amazon. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have a whole big thing on it you know, a whole big section on it. So again, I mean, I don't know why they chose these particular scents. I mean, it's rose, eucalyptus, 
lemon and clove. Clove, yeah. I'm I'm not sure what why, but I've been following it. And then I also got a lavender, but that I can't smell at all. The one scent I don't have problems with is eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. That's so strong. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Everything that I can smell that smells normal, I'm taking as a good sign. (laughs) But but other than that, you know, it hasn't affected my quality of life as much as poor Jimmy with, with this gastro thing, which is still going on. You know, and, and I've had every test in the book. Uh, I had just had a colonoscopy by my GI doctor in late February, February 27th or 8th, and that was fine. But since then, she's done an endoscopy and uh, taken um, biopsied pieces of my esophagus, pieces of my duodenum, and pieces of the upper, a piece of the upper GI tract. And none of these tests and he are also showing, had to go for an MRI. Yeah, I had to go, well, MRI, I had to go for two CAT scans, one with and one without contrast right. in the same session. That was really a trying situation. But all these tests verified that there's nothing physiologically that is accountable or, or responsible for my symptoms. Yeah, and- my weight loss has been dramatic. Oh, yeah. I've come down from like 169 at where I was when I started to like 145 and they can't explain the weight loss and you know it robs me of energy and none of my clothes fit anymore you know things like that do you have an appetite do you feel do. like eating yes I do yeah I have a matter of fact I would say my appetite has actually stepped up somewhat although I had to eliminate dairy in the beginning because they, ha- they have to do a process where they're looking at what you eat if you keep a food diary, the things that might make a difference if you eliminate them. So we've been going through that process as well for these last seven, eight months. <laughs> it's very, so it's ongoing. And I'm just praying and I'm very hopeful that it will have a final resolution. Apparently, um, there's not a whole lot of research that's been done uh, around long haulers. Is that what you're finding as well? Yeah, that's exactly what we're finding. And I'm finding in the case of the smell and taste that there's more research being done in Great Britain in in the United Kingdom than there is in the United States. Yes. And um, the United States are focusing on the obvious symptoms like respiratory and things like that and how COVID would have a long-term effect on those processes, you know, but they're not really doing much about, you know, the uh, smell, taste, the gut, yeah. you know, the yeah, they're, they're not doing much at all. At least as far as we can tell, as far as the, we, you know, I look at the internet practically every day. Yeah, and it's also new and it's all as well. It's on, you know, ongoing. So, um, and they just can't figure it out because my doctors, the ENT doctor, as well as my primary care, they said they've had patients that got their smell back and taste back within a few weeks. And then there's like just a very few that haven't gotten it back at all, Small which is me. Yep. So um, they don't know why. They, they so, don't have any clue. I met this woman who also um, had COVID and she's got all the antibodies, but she said originally she couldn't taste or smell. 
but that it did come back. What she feels um, is this incredible fatigue. And are you feeling that at all? No, you know, as a matter of fact, it's, it's weird. No, I don't feel any other symptoms. You know, I'm not tired. I, I, you know, I get headaches, but I always had headaches. You know, I was always been subject to headaches. But, um, but other than that, man, nothing. No, I have a lot of energy, you know, I, I'm fine, knock on wood. So it's just this. And I feel that I, I fatigue very easily now. I, it's not a constant ongoing, but it, it doesn't take much activity for me to feel fatigued. And that's just never been me. Yeah. When you guys first became sick, was there any contact tracing going on? Did you uh, take it upon yourself to notify people? How did you proceed with that? Well, actually, no, there was no contact tracing, but we knew, we did our own, and we figured out that, you know, when his friend, and we, we knew, like, the day that we spoke to his friend was in the lobby of his building, and his friend wasn't feeling good. We didn't have masks yet. We didn't have masks, so we figured, you know what? It, it had to be from, from his friend. And he tested positive for yeah. antibodies, just like we did, long before he had the COVID test. I'm not even sure if he had the COVID test after that, I, I have to be honest. But he did have the antibodies, and he told us right away. So we knew we should be on, our, on guard. Yeah, and then, Kat, I told you, because we had been together in the beginning of March. You know, we've been isolating this whole time. We haven't even that. seen our families, you know? Except on Zoom. Except on <laughs> Zoom. And so we've been isolating, you know, the only thing we do, we walk in the park every day when, when we can, when the weather's good. We wear masks now. We're very conscious of that. So we did our own contact tracing. Basically, that's it. Have you found from the internet just a, a group of people that have gone through what you're going through that you oh, can yeah. relate to them? This uh, organization, Ab sent yes. from the United Kingdom yeah, has a that. yeah has a Facebook page oh. and so I joined the group and their experiences are exactly like mine and um, some are even worse you know because now there's something called uh, phantom Fan, fan uh, there's parosmia, parosmia, and anosmia, and phantasmia, something. phantasmia, something like that. So that is you're smelling something that isn't there. It isn't really there. Isn't yeah. really there. So I haven't had that, thank God. But um, but everybody is uh, expressing what tastes and and smells really bad to them, and there is a sense of like, damn, you know, when a when is this going to end? Some people, when they get their smell back, they'll post that and they'll give us words of encouragement, yeah. like which, hang in there. Which is very useful. But we I, haven't found anyone for the gastro. We haven't found a group, you know, I'm a, sure I'm sure there's one out there, but we haven't, we haven't found, found it. We haven't found a group that does, but we have read a lot of research that, that uh, something like 32 or 33% um, of people positive for COVID have GI issues. Yeah. Long-term GI yeah. issues. What advice do you have for fellow long haulers out there? Uh, and what resources do you recommend that they check out? 
Well, fellow long haulers, you know, it depends on what is part of your body COVID has. Yeah, your sim uh, what are your symptoms what are your and what symptoms? are they related to? And to try to find um, groups that you can join on Facebook specific to whatever symptoms you're experiencing. Because I find that in these groups, they are reporting on the latest research. And they'll send, you know, they'll post links to articles and, uh, you know, case histories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe some potential drugs that are in the works, uh, treatments. So that's where I'm finding most of my information. And uh, so that's what I would recommend to long haulers is just keep reading, you know, trusted websites and Facebook, join Facebook groups and, you know, keep abreast of the situation. Of course, work with your doctors. I mean, for me, working with my ENT doctor, you know, and, and she's using my cases research, you know, because they don't know. So she's, you know. She's building her own database yeah. from her patient load. Yeah. And, and the more that the doctors do that and they can share information, maybe the sooner they'll come up with some kind of treatment. And the same thing for GI. Jimmy's working yes. with our GI, with his GI doctor. Um, and, you know, but that's what I would recommend. Just really, you know, going out there to the internet. That's great. Roz, you, you had mentioned uh, perhaps, um, does Mount Sinai have uh, a program? Yes. In fact, I haven't been there. I saw on their website that they have an after COVID care uh, unit that they've set up. But um, with the last I checked, they hadn't done anything about smell, taste, or even GI. See, that's what I'm, I'm saying is that they're focusing on the obvious symptoms of COVID, like the respiratory, mm -hmm. you know? The deadliest parts. Yeah, the deadliest parts. So they're tracking cases with people that, you know, we either were on ventilators, running high fevers, you know, like what are the after effects from that? Cardiac issues. Yeah, so they really aren't focusing on um, loss of sense and smell and, and GI issues. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe they are now, but the last I checked was about a month ago, they, they hadn't done it. But that would be another resource for people you know, if they're still suffering from other symptoms, you know, to, to look at that. And this would be in the New York area, correct? Yeah, Mount Sinai. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. You're welcome. It's thank you for giving us a forum to express some these concerns because quite often, keeping it all to yourself, it just builds your anxiety if you're holding it in. To be able to speak about it openly to people who are are open and understanding of the situation helps the both of us in return. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your comments and questions to info at nowletstalkthepodcast.com and check out our website at nowletstalkthepodcast.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.